You're listening to Steve Dace On Demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live on The Blaze on demand at CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We're going to be joined in this hour in a matter of moments by our good friend Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review as we will do a deep dive into last night's midterm election results. And we also love to know what you think about what we think. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. 93. And you can email us, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D E A C E. So before we get to the breakdown, we begin as we always do with a rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by. Let's hear it more for pre existing medical conditions. Kellyanne Conway, Trump wants to work with House Democrats on infrastructure, immigration. Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Democrats are banking on a blue wave. Democrats. Hoping to ride a blue wave. And I think we're going to see a real blue wave. Yeah, I feel very good. There's an enormous tsunami-like blue wave cu- coming. There was a huge blue wave. Can the president save his party and knock down that blue wave? There was some hope that the Democrats would have a wave election. It's not going to be a wave election. Where is the blue wave tonight? This is not a blue wave. I don't think we're seeing some massive blue right. wave. Democrats did hope for a big blue wave. That is not happening. In these statewide races, no signature win for Democrats. Democrats are not winning in the way they were hoping to win early in the night. It's a red wave, on the Senate side at least. There won't be free and fair elections in the United States until the Senate is abolished. Democrats have a 12-point lead in the overall popular vote for the Senate and have lost three seats. Republicans lost the popular vote in Senate races by over 15 percentage points but still gained two seats. Our country is not a democracy. Breaking. Fascist dictator accidentally lets everyone vote. Before we get uh, to Daniel Horowitz, some of you may have seen uh, on Glenn Beck's show recently, they had the retired FBI agent on there there, uh, who works with this company, Home Title Lock, about how easy it is to take the title uh, away from your home. Uh, Home title fraud is the latest scam that is exploding. My home's title, yours too. You know, those are all online. Any thief can download your home's title, forge your name off and transfer it. They even showed us. I got to look at this myself last week. 
Thieves don't want your home. They want the money, uh, the equity associated with it. They'll take out massive loans using that equity, stick you with the payments. Your loved ones who are retired are particularly vulnerable. So you need, hey, you may have a, a, you know, a company that covers you from identity theft, but uh, you need to make sure your home title is covered from theft as well. So if you have rentals, uh, again, if you've got family members that uh, are elderly, and you want to look after them, get them home title lock for just pennies a day. Home title lock puts a virtual lock around your home's title. The instant they detect a sinister activity, they're on it to help shut it down. Your home's title may already be compromised. Find out. This is the biggest investment most Americans will ever make, the uh, ownership of a home. Sign up at HomeTitleLock.com for your free title scan and report. That's a $100 value for free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's bring in Daniel Horowitz, our political analyst from Conservative Review, who joins us for the full hour the day after. Daniel, good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm telling you, Steve, I'm about to fall asleep on on your live uh, TV show here, but we're going to try to hold up. I have not slept a wink since yesterday. Well, here's what we're going to do this hour as we bring Todd and Aaron into the conversation as well. I'm going to go through some of the things that stuck out to me. Uh, over the last 24 hours. And I'm going to throw them out there, uh, for, and we're going to do this as a kind of a, a roundtable conversation, just some dudes that, uh, sitting around breaking it down so that it doesn't get too wonky, uh, but we cover some of the major highlights as well. And when I throw some of these things out, you can, uh, you can take the conversation anywhere you want to go. I want to start with a big picture item. And this is going to be in the column I have coming out for Conservative Review later today. I think a big thing that happened last night that that both sides are not going to want to acknowledge because it's not good for their business model. You know, you know, here in Iowa, we saw some of the the, the only true split ticket voting, and I, I talked to Christians who were enthusiastically going to support Kim Reynolds for the the heartbeat bill that she signed, and then they were going to go vote for Cindy Axney against David Young, uh, and they were going to vote against Rod Blum because they, they just don't like Trump's personality and act and the way he demeans people, and they wanted to send a message to him. I think the outcome last night was largely driven by the fact there is a group of Americans that are tired of being told they have to hate people uh, that may disagree with them. I think you see the sub- suburban voters where I live are, are tired of being uh, embarrassed by the president and would like one they're proud of. Everyday Americans are tired of being told that if they disagree with Rachel Maddow, they are literally Hitler now and everyone's a racist. I think if the Democrats had not done what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, I don't think you have even the Senate victories. Or if you do, they're not anywhere close to the margins last night. I think Brett Kavanaugh has as much to do with what happened in the U.S. Senate, at least in the margins, than anything else. All the the, the Republican uh, takeovers last night have two things in common. They were states that Trump won, yes, but they were also Democrats that voted to kill Kavanaugh. And the only one that didn't, that held on in a state that Trump won, was Manchin, and only by a few points. I think there's there's a clickbait media on both sides that the hate helps to drive their clicks and their ratings. But I think there's a lot of Americans that are like, you know, this isn't even about policy. It's not even about principles. It's just personal. And I'm tired of feeling like every time I go to the grocery store, I go to a youth sporting event, I, I walk my dog, that if my neighbor has a different sign in their yard than me, then that means they hate me or I'm supposed to hate them. I don't think much of this is ideological. I think it's a rebellion against the toxicity 
that people and, and whichever side, if you're in a part of the country that you think I live in the suburbs, so the Republicans are doing this to me, or I live in rural America and every day in middle America and the Democrats are making me feel like everybody's a racist and a, and a homophobe. I think, I think there's a huge rebellion against this. Uh, and I think those are the only persuadable voters that are in America right now are voters that are tired of the hatred. You guys are agree to, are welcome to agree or disagree. That's my first point I want to raise. I, I definitely think uh, there's people that are uh, tired of the hatred. I just don't know that their answers are sufficient to the task of getting rid of it. I mean, if you were dealing with something that malevolent, the kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic uh, is not going to happen. Um, you, you need systemic uh, change, and the simple fact that they're— <laughs> Their logic ends up simply falling into the math, Steve, that you correctly predicted, means you're not escaping the vortex. You're mm-hmm. just still getting sucked in, and you're, st- and you're too smart by half. I mean, this, this, we are now—listen, I mean, this is our dystopian future right now. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. I think what you're saying is the only—I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I, what I heard you say is basically the only driving motivation mainly— um, simply put, is fear. And, and that's never, ever going to end up with a positive outcome, no matter what the election, no matter what the issue. If the mo- main motivation, no matter what the issue, what, ste- what it stems from, if fear is the main driving motivator of most Americans, and the election, the turnout last night was crazy. Uh, I saw some numbers uh, as for a midterm election. Mm-hmm. I saw some numbers. Uh, it was up around 2016 levels, which is um, which is. Uh, means a lot of people are engaged and a lot of people are paying attention a lot more than t- at least in 2014 uh, for example but again if fear is the driving uh, impulse fear times fear you still get fear there's never going to be a a good outcome to that we either need cultural spiritual transformation or maybe um maybe uh, uh, somebody uh, from this system who can come in and lead us and be a shining the simple the system is not going to allow that to happen and so what we're going to continue to have is what we had last night fear and fear and more fear and that's going to be the primary driving motivator and i don't see and again this is i'm glad we're going to be talking about christmas next hour because it's it's not it's not a pretty picture it's pretty bleak uh but there's not a whole lot of hope uh when the only thing that's driving most of us is fear what do you think Daniel, of my first talking point from last night. You know, Steve, I, I think you're right with with a tweak. As you know, I'm someone who believes that a predominant factor in what's going on is something really overlooked, and that's technology. I mean, I don't think from a political science standpoint, you could view the era we live in with any precedent to past history. So there's a very strong trend where the president's party loses seats in the House, often about upper 20s, around 30 seats, close to what happened last night. That dates back to the 1820s, particularly when the president's party also has the House and Senate headed into that election. So they own the full ownership of the status quo. But I think that's been magnified by technology. If Mm -hmm. you look at what has happened since then. So yes, we've had that trend, but if you really look at the 80s and 90s, 
you know, after Watergate until 2006, the swings were actually very minimal. Um, the trend held. Ironically, the two times we broke it were in within that era. 98 was when you had a GOP Congress together with uh, a Republican uh, Democrat president and you had a good economy for Clinton. Uh, 2002 was 9-11. But 2006, I guess you have the MySpace level of technology, but it's there. Yeah. Democrats had a pretty strong wave. 2010, Republicans had a phenomenal wave. 2014, tremendous backlash. And then you had 2018 where, where you have – the backlash was there, but again in the realigned demographics of two sides now having Stalingrad-level tit-for-tat, um, base-to-base fights even in a midterm. So but – so the, it's a smaller pool of those that could be influenced, but it's those people. They're swinging back and forth. But why are they swinging back and forth? Is it because, man, I hate Obamacare, and now, oh, you better preserve Obamacare. What, they changed that quick? No, it's. I think that is what you are saying. Mm-hmm. They want something different. But unfortunately, until we break out of this, there's something different is always going to be the party out of power. Yeah, see, I don't think, I live in the suburbs, man. So I, I and I live, I live in, if you look at the electorate, if you look at the fault lines of the of America's political alignment right now, I literally am living at ground zero in oh, the yeah. state of Iowa, right? This is the only state in the country last night that did true split ticket voting, really. Uh, so I think I got a pretty good handle on this demographic we're talking about because I live in this neighborhood. So I can't stand my Republican Congressman David Young. I mean, I, I I haven't been a Republican for three years. I'd have been in most environments. I'd have been totally fine if he lost because he was useful as mammary glands on a bowl. And I, well, we need uh, 218 uh, to have the speaker vote. Why the hell do I care about a House of Republicans uh, run by Kevin McCarthy or Paul Ryan? Answer, I don't. I, I don't care. I, I, I'm going to get almost exactly, they're, and they're, they won't pass legislation with majority Republicans, so they'll pass a bunch of Obama legislation with help of Democrats. In other words, I'll get exactly what I would have gotten out of the Democrats. So why did I get up off my not nearly as fat ass and go vote for David Young yesterday, even though I can't stand him? Why? Because in my view, we cannot allow the precedent to stand that we can assassinate someone's character to the point that they can't coach their daughter's youth sports team and are labeled as a pariah and a, and a sexual predator on the, on the flimsiest evidence of all time because those rules of engagement blow up any community we have whatsoever. We can't live together at all. And in other parts of the country, that same reaction to was, you know, if everybody's a racist and, if, if, and Focahontas and all the, everything's personal and nothing, people freaking hate this stuff. Outside of the realm, this is the challenge for people like us, is this is actually what pays the bills in the environment we're in. It just so happens, though, that voters are getting turned off by this, and I really believe the next two years, when we sit here on election night 2020, I think, barring something external with the Mueller probe or foreign policy, the winner of this election is going to be the, whether the Democrats could turn off your all racist or Hitler for 10 minutes and whether Trump could be an adult for 10 minutes. I really think that's going to determine this. Steve, I actually think because of what you're saying, that's why I think Trump is the heavy favorite to win in 2020. And there's a lot that could happen between now and then. But based on what happened last night, because there's so much good for him in what happened last night. I mean, you see from Florida, you see from Ohio, remember, they threw everything they had at him. You're never going to get more of a negative anti 
with the media on social media with you bottled up with the perfect recruits, the unbelievable asymmetrical cash gap in not just the toss-up races, but the likely solid Republican races. It w- in the exact right states, they only lost the House because in Illinois, New York, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, Republicans just happened to be comatose at the top of the ticket. And Trump was on the ticket for the anti-Trump votes, but he wasn't really there for the people that would turn out. You plug this into 2020 – And keep in mind, Steve, in my view, nothing has changed over the last 18 months. The polls were telling us this, that they lost these suburban voters within four months of taking office. In the spring of 2017, the bottom fell out. They were losing these special elections. You saw the Virginia 2017 elections. The only ingredient that I said on your show every week, I said, is, you know, the the Dems are going to be bonkers. Republicans are going to lose a lot of suburbs. What happens to the Trump voters and the GOP base? They were getting wiped out in the specials because they were sleeping. We always knew they would come back to some degree. I think some of it was turbocharged by Kavanaugh, but I think a lot of it would have come back anyway. Um, And you put that whole picture together. Back then in 2017, it was, again, who was owning the bag? Trump. It's all Trump. The suburban voters are ticked off at Trump. You come to next year, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have Pelosi as the ultimate foil plus whatever freak show emerges from that party. And, and oh, you, you I just saw, mentioned my home state, right? We're, we're the yeah. fault line of what we're talking about. What's going to start in my home state 10 minutes from now? What's going to start? The Democrat Um, race for the presidential nomination in 2020 with the Iowa caucuses. And what's going to happen is Warren and Camilla and Cory Booker, Spartacus are all going to show up and and fire up Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. And it's just it's going to be who can out Avenetti each other. And it's going to start in my home state here probably in about 10 minutes. I mean, they're going to be praying, doing that Allah dance that that, you know, Somali, uh, whatever was doing from Minnesota. And, and, and that's another important thing last night that you see what happened. Democrats have put themselves in an untenable situation because on the one hand, they won. They now own, by my calculation, roughly 26, 27 districts that Trump won, some of them pretty significantly. You have the Oklahoma City, Salt Lake City, Charleston, South Carolina, the Virginia districts that so they had to run people there that pledged not to vote for Pelosi. They pledged bipartisanship. They had all the moderate stuff. We know from Chip Roy's opponent who lost did the same thing. Mm-hmm. These guys did that. But the problem is they need those people to hold the majority, but 90% of the conference, including their likely leadership, is off the wall. Agreed. And, and, and their, that, and and their yeah. media is going to drive if they don't even if Nancy Pelosi got up this morning and said, you know, we aren't we're Daniel Horowitz is right. We're not going to hold this if we do this. The minute she shows any sign of maturity at all, their media, CNN, MSNBC, their social media going to the technological um, you know, connection yeah. you just mentioned are going to lose their collective you know, feces. Won't they won't per, they won't permit any maturity to occur whatsoever because that doesn't drive the narrative that they're seeking. I, I don't disagree and, with that. Steve, let me let me get Todd and Aaron in on here just sure. a second. You guys want to comment on, on, on Daniel's response to my first uh, takeaway from last night? Anybody? Go ahead, Todd. 
Well, so far as I see it, some of the dominant themes that uh, the smart sets are talking about, uh, the left is going out and blaming everything on white women. Uh, the media is is talking uh, about a, a Senate popular vote that in no way exists. So this is uh, uh, pure propaganda. And Donald Trump is now going out in a speech as we speak and naming names of those who di- didn't sufficiently kiss his ass in the Republican Party. And that's why they're out. Uh, this is not going to be pleasant on any level. It is all broken. There are no grown-ups. Uh, there's no upside uh, to this. Um, victories are strictly pyrrhic. Um, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm glad you brought up the thing about Trump. This is an example of what I mean. We've talked about the crazy train on, on their side. If, if Trump would have, it's not, it's not that Trump went went after the people you're talking about. If he had come out today and said, you know, there's, I'm disappointed that we lost the house, and there's one common theme, it's that. We didn't. It is that we didn't do a sufficient job keeping the promises I made to the American people that won me the presidential election, and I'm hoping that when we convene back in January, my, the people in my that are the people that are also, that are running my party on Capitol Hill will take that lesson, will learn from it, and we'll go about conducting the people's business. Instead, it's the it's the stuff. This is the stuff, and I'm just telling you, these are my neighbors. It's the Mia Love showed me no love, so sucks for her. He literally said that ten minutes ago. Yep. My neighbors hate that stuff, man. Aaron's generation freaking despises it. Now, those who do all the click counters on all our websites can't get enough, man. And, and all of our sites are, tell me I'm wrong, all of our sites are good, are, got all their videos lined mm-hmm. up right now to, to, just, to just mainline it into their freaking veins, okay? But the, the people, the voters you need to win can't they, they don't care about that Trump wants to end birthright citizenship. That was the worst argument I heard this entire election cycle. Uh, that, that, yet was that we talked about. That had nothing to do with this. Trump's policies, the, the secure the border stuff, def- that's not the issue. They don't like the making it so personal. He could take all the right-wing positions he wants if he wasn't a damn douchebag. That's the issue. It's the standing up. It's the singling me a love a black woman out like that. It, that's the stuff they are. Th- these voters cannot stand. I'm telling you, I live in these neighborhoods. Daniel, you live in this neighborhood. They can't stand this stuff. Am I wrong? I live in the same neighborhood that Democrats running for county council that could not lose if they were caught with a dead body in their trunk still went door to door in my neighborhood saying I am tough on crime. When Republicans won't even run on that. Um, and of course, they're lying, but we don't call them out on it. Steve, this is why some people maybe thought this was cheesy, but I spent several months warning about this, and I said, dude, we could do this. Trump has opened up a lot of opportunities. The realignment is good in many ways. We have completely won back the entirety of the FDR coalition. Um, nowhere is that more evident than in places like Ohio and mm-hmm. Missouri, the counties where we won. Mike DeWine was one of the and, shocking surprises for me yeah. last night. And they had sucky candidates head to toe in that state. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the word the Republicans in that state are something else. And still, Trump did such damage to the left in Youngstown and and Uniontown, places like that, or those type of counties that it it permanently realigned on its own. And I want to make sure my audience understands. I don't want him to stop doing what you're talking about. I want him yeah. to only do this. 
All right. Yes. Every time Trump makes it about leads with the word I, there is a re- outside of his core cultish audience. All right. Outside of that, there is a revulsion. He can he can go after them on policy all that he wants. It's open season. He can annihilate them when he makes it personal. All right. When it when it's uh, one tweet on, hey, great jobs report. And then the next nine are which hunt Mueller saw it. We're, we lose people. We should be winning. That's my only point. Period. And I, I want to, I want to get on that, in on this too, and go back to something you said just a few moments ago, Steve. Twenty twenty is going to come down to whether or not uh, the, the the media and the leftist establishment can uh, stay away from calling us. Uh, racist, uh, misogynistic, homophobic, uh, xenophobic bigots for 10 minutes or whether Trump can and whether Trump can be an adult for 10 minutes. It's it's the reason why Trump cannot be an adult for 10 minutes is the reason why they are also not going to be able to take 10 minutes off from calling us all of those names because they play off each other. They feed off each other. We've talked about this ad nauseum that they, they need each other. This is going to be a replay of 2016, almost verbatim, over again. They're going to nominate someone horrible, maybe a little bit younger than Hillary Clinton. They're going to nominate somebody horrible who most of the country cannot stand. The Republicans, if they still hang with Donald Trump, most of the country can't stand him because of what you just articulated, Steve. Um, And so it's going to be 2016 all over again. The question is, who's going to hate... um, Who's going to be the most hated? I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to have to, to to come out of because neither side, because they need each other. They feed off each other, and they can't stop, won't stop. Both n- Neither sides are going to be able to not call names or not be an adult for 10 minutes. Daniel, we got a break here in a few minutes. I want to give you the floor as we because I want to move on to other things that happened last night but to put a bow on on this on this talking point that uh, we started the show with and I wanted to start with it because I really do believe it is the narrative I don't think there's some you know great intellectual debate of nationalism most Americans don't know what the hell that is it is it th- these this is being decided by are you forcing me to hate people that I'm tired of hating I are are you making my neighbor it, it's uncomfortable for me to live in my neighborhood to go to church to go to my kids soccer game uh which I shouldn't be doing anyway from a great american just kidding um but um but that's I think that's the number one impulse outside of the partisanship on both sides that's driving what's left of the persuadable electorate you know nothing embodies this more than the painful loss one of the few real painful losses last night of Dave Brat in Virginia 7th District outside of Richmond. What you're talking about is literally Chesterfield County, Henrico County. He, I talked to him about it throughout the election. These people were spooked by him. Um, and even then, the Democrat ran as anti-Pelosi, bipartisanship, um, no, none of the crazy stuff, outspent him two and a half to one. You had Corey Stewart at the top of the ticket and nothing else, nothing else to turn people out mm-hmm. with. So – and even then, she won by like a half a percentage. What, what keeps me up at night, Steve, as you well know, is that the, I'm not the end of the book of Lamentations. I'm, I'm, I'm the beginning of, of Jeremiah <laughs> where you could still you could still repent. Right. It doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. We could freaking get the – the white working class coalition and not bleed these people. These people don't want to embrace. Your buddy Hamas Ron DeSantis is a great example of how you build the coalition you're talking yes. about. Yeah. 
Yes, and how you work against their agenda of just wanting to run on calling someone a racist, which is all Gillum did. He and, ran and, on Trump's policies yeah. with a smile, talking with his wife, his yeah. kids, cutting jokes, making it la- making it winsome. He didn't. He found a way to do to to run on Trump's stuff without being a canoe about it. Yeah. And, and it's important to note he did slightly better, which would shock everyone. Than Rick Scott did. Than, than the two-term governor. Yeah. He was an obscure congressman. I mean, there is. There is a path to this. I don't know how conservative Michael Braun is in Indiana, but he was viewed as an outsider. They didn't pick one of the two congressmen, and he won by, what, 10 points? You know, there is a pathway to this. We could have our cake and eat it, too. We could have a smart agenda, more or less, along what Trump kind of is saying, and then actually do it. No, no, we can't. (laughs) No, but, I mean, it's, it's... Todd isn't. You may be at Jeremiah where we could still repent. Todd, Todd is Lamentations right now. Right now, he is in the. He is in Sheol as we speak right now. When you hear Todd, it's going to sound. This is Todd. I am in the depths of Sheol. Can I talk now? That's where Todd is at right now. Sheol. That's where he is. All right, we're up against the break here. When we come back, a couple of other things I want to talk about. So I'll give you guys a heads up so you can uh, you can focus on this from uh, last night. Uh, our old, one of our founding uh, cohorts here at Conservative Review, Amanda Carpenter, tweeted something out this morning I responded to that I definitely want to talk about. And, and she was pointing out to her liberal media friends, now that she's a CNN, you guys, you guys seem to think people like me are just going to vote for Democrats because Trump is, uh, is, is, says rude stuff, and that's not how this works. All right, I want to address that, and I think what happened to Scott Walker we have to talk about. This is one of the cautionary tales in the history of our movement, I believe. And I'm going to explain why and more when we come back with Daniel Horowitz wrapping up election 2018 next year, live on The Blaze on demand at CRTV. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. So we just ran through a campaign season where the fake news runneth over. And if fake news was like its own product at the supermarket, it would be one of these so-called superfoods. If you take a look at a lot of their containers and you look at the sticker on the back panel, it'll say supplement facts or supplemental facts. You know what that means? It means it's not made of real food. It's made from extracts. So with the goal of creating a real superfood that's, you know, of food, um, designed to enhance your health and help you reach your full potential, a team of top physicians gathered together to form Brickhouse Nutrition, and they'd like to introduce you to their product, Field of Greens. It's the first real superfood, and the difference that sets it apart can be seen right on the bottle. It has a nutrition facts panel because it is an actual Real food. One scoop of Field of Greens is a full serving of real certified vegan, vegetarian, and USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with those antioxidants that will help to boost the immune system with cold and flu season almost upon us. This is daily clean green energy that fuels your body for a healthier and happier lifestyle. For a limited time offer, visit BrickHouseSteve.com. Use promo code Steve to get 15% off of your order BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. Get 15% off of your first order today. Daniel Horowitz joins us here from Inside Politics at Conservative Review. He's our roundtable guest here for the opening hour of the show as we break down what we saw in the 2018 midterms. I think a story that is going to go largely untold because it's not convenient to the people running the Republican Party to tell it. 
is the deconstruction of Scott Walker. And when I turned in the original manuscript for Rules for Patriots in 2013, and the, the book came out uh, in, uh, the, in February of 2014, we debuted it at CPAC and a book signing right alongside of Scott Walker at CPAC, actually. And he was a rock star. And Walker was one of the uh, instant hits out of the 2010 uh, Tea Party wave. And then he survived a recall of his legislature, which was a referendum on his governorship, his own recall. Uh, and he did it because he's, he's really the only elected Republican official in my lifetime I know of that took on what I call the four stools of American progressivism, took it on and dismantled it. And one of them is in uh, public employee sector unions. And he dismantled that infrastructure in his home state of Wisconsin. And that's why, you know, when, when you go after a cult's idol and you smash it in front of them, they, they get mad. And their mobocracy tactics that we see the left do all the time now kind of debuted in your home state over Scott Walker is yes. where this stuff went mainstream in the Democratic Party. And when I turned in the first manuscript for Rules for Patriots in 2013, the publisher sent it back to me and said, are you, gonna, are you endorsing Scott Walker in your upcoming caucuses already? And I said, why? And he said, because this reads like a love letter to Scott Walker. Do you have any other examples of Republicans doing it right that you want to cite? And so here we are five years later. He lost yesterday to a guy that, 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 that looks like uh, he just got tenured in the humanities department at the University of Wisconsin. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not. I mean, pick a straw man stereotype of the, of the uh, progressive snotty, College professor, conservative straw man stereotype we have. Would it not? Would we not draw this guy? My hometown and my alma mater. You nailed it. Yes, and he lost to him yesterday. After he he flamed out in our Iowa caucuses before Halloween, three months before the vote, he came here and flamed out. How did this happen? I would have if you'd have told me, Stephen, the next in five years from now, Scott Walker won't even survive to the day you vote in the Iowa caucuses, and then he'll turn right around and lose reelection as governor of Wisconsin, to a guy that looks like he teaches humanities in the women's studies department in, in Wisconsin-Madison. I'd have been like, pictures. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been like, no way. No way. Here's how it happened. And now he's a grown-ass man, so he did this to himself. Yes. But, but So he's not a victim. But he, he went with the GOP incestuous consultant class. And he would drive around Iowa with the tagline, reform and growth was all over you know these are the words that the GOP consultant class in Washington just you know just reform into one arm growth into the other bicep and the average the average republican voter is doing what everybody oh everybody no no steve everybody i know including myself gets butterflies in their stomach when they uh, when they hear reform and growth yes. and uh, cutting waste fraud and abuse yes. i just ah, i get yeah, the, he, uh, he, I get he, chills he, he wanted to make sure he did an interview with the new york times where they talked about in fact his sons are for gay marriage so he's not a creepy even though his dad's a evangelical minister he's not one of those creepy guys right he he checked every literally scott walker checked every box of what the gop consultant class tells you to do and checked no, every box no chicken sandwich just, just yeah. to add that in check, 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 checked every box stood for nothing said nothing and was very vehement about it and didn't make it to voting day in the first presidential contest and then lost yesterday to a caricature of a leftist straw man a guy that makes the late paul wellstone look like freaking sylvester stallone all right so to me, Daniel, this is a cautionary tale. We need to be telling the next generation of our candidates, don't be another Scott Walker. That's what you ought to say to your buddy Ron DeSantis right now. Because now that he pulled this out last night, the, the, 
They're going to swarm him. All the consultant brigade's going to be all over him like a fly on stink. You need to get to him right now and say, don't be the next Scott Walker. Don't do it. And, and you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, to a small extent, this is a little bit what happened with Dave Bratt, mainly because of the fundraising uh, disadvantage and the Corey Stewart problems at the top of the ticket. Virginia has become a dumpster fire. <clears throat> but aside from that, Dave Bratt didn't run as the culture warrior on immigration that he did in 2014. It was mainly – and he was very proud of this. I'm the only economist in Congress. That was his big message. Really wrapped himself around the tax cuts, and it fell flat. It fell flat everywhere. Um, that That's the issue. Uh, you know, We live in this time with the, this ping pong where we can't get the right equilibrium. Trump came about because people were sick of this. Everyone backing down. No, I want to double down. But then we overshoot that because what are you double doubling down on? I think Ron in the in the governor's race in Florida hit the right stride. He doubled down on the issues. I will not uh, worship at the altar of political correctness. But mm-hmm. it was never about me or I or the the just the gratuitous stuff. Um, where are the Thomas Masseys, the guys like that who could? <sighs> You know, all I'm asking for is in every red to swing district, a Ron DeSantis or a Marsha Blackburn. See, is that too much to ask for? By the way, I thought you had the line of the night last night when you said, even though it's staying in Republican hands, I'm counting Tennessee as a pickup because we traded Bob Corker for Marsha Blackburn. That was a great line, by the way, made me laugh out loud here in the studio when I saw it. What you're touching on, you know, one of our good buddies, Chip Roy, got elected to Congress last night. All right. And, you know, I, I tried to talk Chip out of running last year because because and when I say he's a good guy, I don't mean he's with us ideologically. That's not what I mean when I say that. I need to clarify that. I don't even mean he's a person of high character. There are honest people whose ideology I don't agree with who love their families and are great husbands and, and wives and they call themselves Democrats. What I mean a good person is or, or a good guy, not a good person, but a good guy or gal is someone who has the courage of conviction to not go there and immediately get assimilated into the capital. That's what I mean, all right? Some, and, and I know the stress that puts on a family when you do that. I know the stress it puts on your staff and everybody else when you do that. I think this is some of what happened to Ted Cruz last night as well, is he's been trying to figure out, well, thread this needle. I'm, I need to be more likable. I need to be closer to Trump. No, you just need to be Ted freaking Cruz that everybody voted for in 2014. You're making it more complicated. That's what I hear you say Dave Bratt did. Okay. That's what Scott Walker did. Scott Walker just needed to be the guy that pimp slapped the unions in Wisconsin. That's all he needed to be. Instead, he thought he had to be this other guy character and voters smelled the phony and kicked him out. All right. And I think this is this is the, this is what I'm saying. I think this is a good guy or gal, meaning I think it's someone that at least for a half an hour can resist the temptation to assimilate to the capital. That's what I mean. There's a lot of good people that just we that vote in ways we don't like, but that's because they've assimilated to the system. That's what I'm talking about, Daniel. No, I mean, this is, like I said, what keeps me up at night, thinking that as I watch these elect- election results, we're leaving so much on the table. I would be at peace if I saw this massive blue wave of people that are just embracing socialism and we're done. And maybe one day it's going to be headed there. I don't know. But as of now, I mean, again, you look at the factors they had that they will not have again, the asymmetry with the fundraising. A lot of people forget. 
that they have that advantage because they didn't have a POTUS or top figure. They put 100% in these races, whereas we have Trump sucks out all the oxygen and money from you know any venture outside of the presidential race. Next time, they're not only, not only going to have someone at the top in November, they're going to have a costly, open, bitter primary. It's going to suck up their money. They're not going to have that cash advantage. Um, you know, even Walker, I, I think what you're saying is true for the presidential election, but you know, even here it wasn't terrible. It was he lost by one point. He's running for a third term because they don't have term limits. It's still a tough state for Republicans, and in in a, it, well within the historical averages to lose that they picked up one seat in the state Senate. What they have a 19 to 14 majority. They have a 64 to 35 majority. They're maintaining in the state house there. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad, and I'm thinking if we just ran Marsha Blackburn's and Ron DeSantis's, tell me, would the public reject us? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think personality is driving this more than at any point in my career. Some of it is because the the president was a celebrity already. Some of it is because Obama used became America's first real on the campaign trail, political celebrity, meaning he wasn't a celebrity beforehand. He used modern technology to use his political office to become one in real time as he was running. And so we had, we had, we had a real time, uh, you know, on the, on the come celebrity, a built in celebrity. And now all of this social media, I don't think most Americans are even seriously considering most of our positions yet. I think a lot of this is driven by personality. I want to get to something, our old cohort, uh, when we first started conservative review a few years ago, Amanda Carpenter, she used to be Ted Cruz's communications director. She's now with CNN. And she tweeted something this morning that, that I have said to several liberal media people I know that have called me the last couple of years with their stories of, now that Trump had, Trump had sex with Stormy Daniels, will you not vote for him now? He had unprotected sex with Stormy Daniels, will you not vote for him now? I mean, it's just like every, I get these calls all the time. And I'm trying to explain to them, you keep, I even said this to Heather Timmons when she was on here the other day, you think this is about Trump. And it's not really about Trump. You're telling you're basically saying to people like me, because I think Trump's a, a narcissistic troll. That means I should then sign up to vote for socialism, bake the cake, bigot, abortion is magic, and we character assassinate people that we don't agree with to the point they can't even coach their daughter's youth sporting event. That's not you're not giving me a choice. Like you're, you're, if I wanted to make a statement and rebel and walk away, I'm not Max Boot. If I wanted to like make a principled statement, your landing spot is hammer and sickle. I don't have, you're not giving me an option here. And this is what Amanda tweeted last night, basically saying to her CNN cohorts, the idea that because Trump says offensive things, th- these folks like me are just going to go out there and vote for stuff we don't agree with. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Todd, you want to address that? I'll just uh, say that if anybody has a problem with Amanda or Steve's analysis along those lines, ask them, uh, what do you think about uh, your side uh, just anointing uh, Keith Ellison and making him in charge of all the laws in uh, Minnesota? So you, you really can't understand where I'm coming from, that I feel cornered and my way of life feels cornered when you turn around? And you're going to justify voting for uh, the guy who's uh, checked all the wrong boxes in the Me Too movement. Uh, once again, our dystopian future is right now. Yeah, and that that is that lends itself to this theory that you've been working out, Steve, recently uh, about uh, living in two different countries, and and that is that is the. 
That is the siren song of somebody who lives in a completely different culture, a completely different way of life, a completely different worldview than you. If they can't even uh, fathom uh, putting themselves in your shoes and seeing, trying to see the world the way that, that you do, that, that is a telltale sign of somebody who's not only just a different worldview, different country, different culture, but I think at this point I've been drawing a lot of comparisons to the religiosity of, of um, you know, Christian missions versus, you know, the media's, you know, onslaught every day. Well, this is where it just goes, crosses the line between just another, you know, faith tradition for progressivism. And this is where it really becomes a cult, because when you're in a cult, you are programmed. You, you are programmed to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this comes in, where it's like it doesn't really it doesn't register that. <laughs> That one, they're being hypocritical, and two, there is a what Todd just said. There is a large segment of America right now that just feels cornered um, by the options that they're given. At least one option is pointing a gun uh, right at you, and so the alternative, at least, is clear, even if it's not ideal. What do you think, Daniel? You know. One of the things that I think you and I understand, and, and this is what we're talking about with these suburban voters, how to appeal to them, is that we fully recognize that we are to the right of where the median American mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. I, I fully recognize that. And that's why I've been spending, if you notice, the last two years very heavy on policy, not just, oh, we need a conservative party to service the conservative base, but here's how I think we could win back these voters. You know, Here's the message we need on health care. Here's the net message we need on safety and security. And the problem is the left doesn't have that because they're in such an echo chamber by having all of the cultural institutions on their side. And especially all these people that are new that got elected, they think this is their Tea Party moment. Oh, we got the House. But then you know they don't realize they lost even more in the Senate. They still don't have the White House. Still Republicans still have the majority of the state governments, and they got a problem here. And they only won those extra seats by lying about who they are. Now they're caught with the, holding the bag that they're just going to just burst out out of control. I mean I can only imagine what that Palestinian one from Michigan and the uh, Somali who uh, married her brother – is going to do, you know, when she gets there, they're literally going to lose control of themselves. And they're going to take all these people that are really offended by Trump's persona. And they're like, dude, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't do that. I, I'm, well, this is what we saw in that. 2016, where the where the number one reason everybody thought Trump would lose was the hemorrhaging of the suburban voters, right? And we got to election day, and he did lose some of my neighbors. But then this is the difference between a midterm and a presidential election when it's not a statement election now, but a referendum. But you have to pick an affirmative person. They a lot of my neighbors who still couldn't stand Trump got there and said, dude, I can't stand this guy. She's a communist. I can't vote for that. So uh, I got to vote for Trump. That's what happened. And and Steve, it's double duty this time because Mm -hmm. it's not just that they're going to elect, let's just say, Kamala Harris. It's that intermittently for every week until then. You're going to have Nancy Pelosi as the face of this. See, if I were the Democrat, oh, I'll go one step further. Hillary Clinton would still say, I'm a capitalist. That's why I lost Iowa or I struggled to win Iowa. Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren at all are going to attack capitalism. They're going to they're going to anoint themselves as socialists. Like they're going to they're not even going to try to walk the line you're talking about, man. 
They're, they're, it's gonna it's gonna be the devil in a unitard and a pitchfork with a with a with a face tat of his own logo on it. We're here. We're in your face. I mean, I mean, there there will be no branding. It will be it'll be it'll be the full Monty is what we're gonna see for the next two years. That's what we're gonna watch. And the sad thing for conservatives is that this gives us such a golden opportunity to appeal to these people on affirmative grounds of what we believe in, but. As always, it's just going to grease the skids and enable Republicans to get away with not with doing not anything. Doing that. What are we going to say, really quick, Todd? Daniel, you're yeah. you're right in theory, but you you said before that if, if would we have any problems if we had parties filled with Blackburn and um, DeSantis? But we don't, so there really is no opportunity. Which is why the whole thing with Scott Walker was always a mirage. And when Lindsey Graham speaks up, it's a mirage. And when Trump steps in, it's a mirage. And we just have to accept these these cheap replacements. I mean, with Scott Walker for a second there we thought he was like the nerdy version of the young george washington when the bullets started flying he said well there's something charming in the sound i must say no he turned out to be some geeky accountant who just liked to have a clean book and he just could not stand what the unions were doing to that (laughs) so he fought back on that but after that was done he went back and became stapler guy again i mean we have no real men and women end of sentence so there's no conservative opportunity total depravity todd is always my favorite todd every time Daniel, we got to go, man. Great stuff as always. Get some sleep, brother, all right? Take care. All right, when we come back, hour two, we're going to open the phone lines. We're going to have a very contentious debate. If you think Todd's worked up now, just wait. We're back with Hour 2, live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. I am Steve Dace, and yes, sometimes I forget even my name, so I wore a name badge today. You gotta get pretty early to slip one past the old Dacer. That's right. <laughs> Steve at SteveDace.com. Like, when, when when CR got me this cool swag, and like Nike, had it, Nike made it up. Remember how cool we, when this stuff got shipped in? We thought it was when it first yeah. came in, right? Todd put a hat on and said, I'm taking my talents yep. to the Steve Day show. I, I, I went home with this swag, you know, and I thought for sure the kids are going to be really impressed. No. Instead, my kids were like, don't you think it's a little presumptuous, Pops, to be wearing your name on your clothes? Man, you think you are Tiger Woods? Think you're a brand? You know, I I did too good of a job with some of these kids. You know, they're not they're not really gullible at all, and it it bites me in the backside quite a bit. You know, so like I would wear this stuff all the time, but I got to pick my spots. If I if I wear if I wear the stuff that Conservative Review made up for me, if I wear it too often, my kids just bust my backside when I get home about it. Man, are your kids at that age yet? Where they just, or maybe you raised nice kids? Because I, I didn't. My kids are ruthless. At least they're ruthless to me. Like if the, if, if the old man assert, asserts anything that, that remotely begins to look and feel like he believes he's a celebrity, my kids will pounce. Pounce. Where, do you know where they got that? Me? No. Yeah. Where would they have gotten that instinct to pounce on someone's self-righteous BS? You know, Let me know where my, supposed where they, to snow where Steve, tomorrow. Yeah, or Steve Dace. Oh, you are the ugly American. Have you introduced the Blaze audience to that aspect of you? To to my ugly Americanness? Not yet. We need to save that for a special time. (laughs) 
Because I am a... That's a different holiday. <laughs> that's that's the rest of the year. The, that, every day is ugly American day to me. All right, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, and you can see the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Hey, the two, the hit, two hits we did last night was Dace. They got my Dace. name right. It's always cool when the companies I'm working with get pronounced my name right, which doesn't happen a lot, you know. Um, here, here's the thing I want to, I want, are you guys okay with, if we're done talking about the 2018 election now? You guys okay? We're done? Only if it means we can start talking about 2020. Yeah, I was going to say, see, <laughs> oh, this is where, which wrist to cut? I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to start. He's got a knife over Twitter. there if you remember the montage. Yeah. You can I, just chuck I'm, it to you. I'm, uh, I'm going to start a Twitter hashtag called hashtag tweets from 2020. Where I'm going to I'm going to predict tweets that Trump is going to send in nice. the year 2020. Nice. Yeah. All right. So I I think we can put the 2018 election to bed. Especially we know that the 2020 election. I we're not even kidding. It, it's going to basically start tomorrow. If it hasn't already started today, right? It started. Has today. it started? Okay. In earnest. I, I I think we need a break. And I think I have the perfect diversion. The problem is, we are not unified on this uh, on this uh, principle on this program and I I don't want to I don't want to single anybody out here as the Ebenezer Scrooge and I don't I don't really want to make anybody feel shameful and guilty for um, for their hard-heartedness and I'm not saying that guy right there on your screen is who we're talking about but It's who we're talking it's about. It's who we're talking about. I'm owning it. Yeah. Owning it. Yeah. So. Babylon B is making fun of you, not me. Here's the question I want us to debate this hour right here. Now that it's November, is it Christmas time? Now, these results crushed me. It's like only the state of Florida voted on this. <laughs> <laughs> Florida man just kept yep. kept getting burner Recount. accounts to vote in this. Yeah, recount. <laughs> All right, 51% of you said bah humbug when I said, is it Christmas time? I mean, you go to the mall, you go to the stores, Hallmark Channel's already running all their Christmas specials. Aren't you going to be ecstatic this weekend when you turn on your football games and the political ads are gone, replaced with the sights and sounds of the season, all the Christmas stuff will be there. I'm taking Zoe, my youngest daughter today. I'm taking her after we're done with the show. We're going to go see the Nutcracker movie this afternoon on a little daddy-daughter date action. Aren't you ready? Aren't you ready for a little Christmas right now? Aren't you? I, I think, I don't know why you wouldn't be. Why you wouldn't want to turn the calendar away from another nasty, divisive election, knowing that one is already on deck, ready to pounce on whatever last vestige of hope you still have left in your soul, right? So here is the question, because I, I, you don't agree with me on this. I don't. You don't believe it starts until, like, what, the day after Thanksgiving, basically? Uh, yeah, that's fine. All right. Is it Christmas time right now? And there's a reason I'm asking this question. Because I, I do think your answer to this, how you choose to, not, not necessarily the answer you give, but, but, but why you choose to answer it that way. No pressure, America. May tell us a lot about you. 
right. the state of your soul. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Okay, but maybe you're I gonna might. Go that I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go that far. I'm yeah. going to go that far. 888-900-3393. Is it, do you believe it? Like my Sirius XM channel uh, has the Christmas music on. Turn, yeah, there you go. That's right. Sirius XM channel 70. Thank you. Represent. Because I've already got it plugged into my, uh, my, my car outside. I'm in. I'm not, I'm not quite all in yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much in right now. It's November. To me, it's Christmas time. They, and people will say, well, Steve, have they, Thanksgiving's a day. It's not a season. There aren't any Thanksgiving carols. Oh, turkey. Oh, turkey. There's no Thanksgiving carols. We could change that. Well, right, there, there's technically d- speaking, then after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, that's the Advent season, and the Christmas season with twelve days of Christmas actually happens after that. So, if we're really gonna go, let's go. You're crushing his soul, Todd. <laughs> it may not have been a good thing to have our our Catholic friend become lamentation total depravity guy on the day we're going to debate. <laughs> Is it Christmas I know. yet? I'm a little worked up. <laughs> He's 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 in a he is in he is in Sheol. He is in the pit yeah. right now. He is a psalm. Yeah. He is a psalm right now. Lord, I'm in the pit. Deliver me. I can't get out. I can't you, see. I'm if, so far down. If you were wondering what that smell was when you came in, Todd actually rolled around in ashes That's before right. you. I am. Next break. If you, it's not a wardrobe change, it's kids. It's called sackcloth. All right. <laughs> Let me look at Google it, and you'll find out why people wear it. All right. So I, I want to know if 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 you are bah humbug. Or if you are Merry Christmas and why? When do you begin to recognize that it's Christmas time? 888 We're going to play buy, sell, or hold. Actually, yeah. let's do that. Yep. So this would normally be the day, Call the time in, we play yeah. buy, sell, or hold. I'm going to reverse it this time and put it to you in the audience. Buy, sell, or hold. It is Christmas time now. 888 Like if you get home from work and somebody fires up the Johnny Mathis or Andy Williams, you're like, I'm in. Let's do this. Let's do this right now. You go home this afternoon and your daughters are firing up a little Andy Williams. Are you going to go home? Hey, it's not Christmas season yet. Are you going to do that? On this day, I think you know the answer is 50-50. <laughs> He's Harvey Two-Face. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> That's right. 888-900-3393. Buy, sell, or hold. Is it Christmas right now? Aaron, I don't even know if I know your position on this. Of course. It's always Christmas. Thank you for the employment. He's trolling you excellently. Going in the opposite direction. No, no. Watering it down so far. Cool employment now, I got here, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of when Trump went to Kentucky when he was pissed at Rand Paul <laughs> and basically did a rally. He's like, hey, nice Senate seat you got there. Remember that rally? Yeah. Um, all right. T- no, I want to know what you really think, provided I agree with it. All right. Oh, of course. Because that's really I, what we heard yesterday. Well, when all these celebrities told us, get out and vote, get out and vote. What they really meant was get out and vote if you agree with me, right? So I, I want to hear what this, you really think if this, I agree with you. See, this, I think um, we fall in the danger of going too far one way or too far the other. So uh, as far as you know, tradition goes or the abolishing of tradition. So here's my official position. If it's before November 1st, you're, you're getting a little bit, you're a little, getting a little bit trigger I'm with happy. You. I, I can go with you okay. on that, yeah. Um, if you say it has to start on November 1st, you're also in the same camp. But after November 1st, you know, just start to feel things out a little bit. Take it on a few days. Wait. Oh, um, uh, just start to feel things out a little bit if it's after November 1st. But if you say it has to start on November 1st, it's definitely Christmas season on November 1st. And then if you're also saying um, if you start in November, if, if basically if you have any strong opinions, I just hate you. 
<laughs> I was just, so, uh, what I what I think our millennial friend just said is he doesn't want to have to take a position on anything and isn't comfortable with commitment. Is that is that mm. what I just heard? No, I no, I don't. Okay. Y- yes, <laughs> maybe. You know, what? my wife doesn't even listen and hasn't for years, just so she doesn't get sucked into the political vortex that her husband works in full time. This is the connection we have as we are having this conversation. She sends me an email that they are going for the first time ever this Christmas release the official soundtrack to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, the most hidden Christmas gem treasure of all time. Have you ever heard of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Uh, because you've told me. About yes, it. It's, it's, it, every American should watch. Uh, Emin Otter's Jug Band Christmas uh, Barbecue when they played the Jug Band bar. You guys haven't no. seen this or There Ain't No Hole in the Wash Tub. It was Jim Henson in the late 70s did this Christmas special on HBO for kids and it was about uh, this uh, single mom and her son. They're, they're widowed. The dad died and they, they're very poor and um, their goal is they've got really one, they, they're good musicians and so there's this talent uh, uh Christmas talent festival in the town and whoever wins gets like, you know, a life changing amount of money and a job at the local restaurant as the, as the music provider. So it changes their, their whole family income overnight. And, but it, it requires an entry fee, which they can't afford. And they have one thing really left to sell. Um, and it's uh, the wash tub and the guitar. And so they sell it in order to, uh, get the instruments they need, and uh, everybody's bored right now. <laughs> you guys want you you want some buy sell hold propositions? Well, I, I here's, think here's you're missing my, the sweet spot okay. on this. I like him and Otter's Jug Band Christmas, the, but that's the thing. You need to own the quirkiness of your view of the calendar and own it all by yourself without the demand that everybody else worship it. Yeah. That that what that's what makes yeah. this unique and special. I don't demand that you worship me. I. I just like just that the calendar revolves around you. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 a contrarian, independent thinker. I just don't like to be alone, <laughs> right? Hold me. <laughs> it was like it was this, this guy on Twitter yesterday kept tech tweeting to me that he was taking this independent vote against Trump, and I, and and look at all these other impressive people that are alongside me, and I'm like, yeah, nothing says I think for myself like. Uh, here, hop. Look how popular the bandwagon I'm on is. Right, let me climb okay. into bed with Max Boot. Yes. All right. Uh, Emmett Otter's Chug Band Christmas. The soundtracks come out. It, it's a delight. It's an absolute Christmas delight. It came out when I was a little kid. I I have it on DVD. I I think you would like it. I do. I, I believe it, and I gen- I genuinely like your quirkiness about this. I bet a lot of people sight unseen on this topic would might think you would go in the other way and you would think that you know it is unchristian to have a pagan wreath on your house or something like that oh, let's so, not open that can because so, so, if we open that can well, i will open a can but that's my point i think that's what's really neat about your affinity for christmas how you uh embrace it uh i and, am a christmas slappy and you like the fact that it is a i think a bridge to the culture where yes where, so that, that's why it's fantastic. I just, I think, you know, once it gets to like stone tablets with you, like then just step back a little bit. Listen, I don't think one man's zealotry is another man's passion, okay? 
It's a very fine line here. Let's go to the phones. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Let's start in West Virginia. Sue, buy, sell, or hold. Is it Christmas time right now? No, it's not even Advent yet. Preach, sister. <laughs> when I grew up, um, my Grammy was German Catholic, and we kept Advent, and we didn't even decorate till Christmas Eve. I mean, you prepared for Christmas. You started baking and making gifts and stuff, but the house didn't look Christmas until Christmas Eve. I don't know that our audience can fully appreciate the theological nuance that is occurring here, right? The Catholic is basically going sola scriptura on Christmas. We have to follow the letter of the law here. I am advocating for a looser uh, application uh, within within a traditional context. I'm a Unitarian. <laughs> I hate millennials. Gosh. <laughs> well, I'm 70, and I have you a You guys know he just Googled that three so. seconds ago, right? He just Googled it. <laughs> All right. So, so Sue, officially, you agree it's Christmas on what? Like, what's the official time for you? Like, is it the day after Thanksgiving, December one? When does it start? Yeah, generally speaking, after Thanksgiving. But um, personally, I just don't get involved in any of the um, the glitter until Christmas Eve, and to me, that's very exciting. Okay, I can respect that you have a... I respect that tradition. Thank you for the call, Sue. Appreciate it. Now, here's the issue with, with making it after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's not on the same day every year. So already you're bending to... You're bending your... your, your, your this year we have the earliest Thanksgiving possible, November 22nd. Which means, I think, is it next year we'll have the latest yeah. Thanksgiving possible. We right? all know, never, ever bend mm. the knee to time. <laughs> Did I mention I hate millennials in the last five minutes? Go ahead. Were we going to say I don't remember. I'm thrown off by. What if you start saying. singing Dreamweaver? I'm 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 going to stop this car. I want everybody to know. Do not make me stop this car. What were you going to say? Because I don't know what I'm going to say. So you say something. Go ahead. Well, to her point about the Christmas treats, I, I know some people who you know at the they don't throw that uh, Christmas tree out. Until the twelve days of Christmas, I mean, a lot of people. It's the you know the day after Christmas. It's time to clean up and tidy up, and uh, uh, that's uh, anathema to them. So, I just think. But well, to your point about Easter's not on the same day either, right? Does that doesn't diminish its significance in no. any way? It's a movable feast. No, I would agree. To me, Easter is like a um, e- Easter is similar to a Thanksgiving in that it's an event more than it is um, a season. It's an event. It's a culminating event. Christmas to me is a season. You know, the build up to it. I think that's true. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we agree on this. Agree on this. Oh, at least. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go next. Uh, Marshall is in Ohio. Marshall, buy, sell, or hold. It's Christmas time. What say you? Dude, I'm I'm with you. I'm a total Christmas slappy. I I you know I, when it turns October one and the leaves start changing, I'm popping in the uh, the Christmas CDs and listening to some Christmas CDs. I watched um, Santa Claus is coming to town, the Rankin Bass um, thing. Yes. I found it on YouTube. And me and my, me and my uh, foster son watched it. And, uh, yeah, I'm totally in. I'd have the tree up, but my wife won't let me. But, hey, that's her problem. But, uh, you know, I'm totally in, man. Did you, what Marshall, <laughs> hey, Marshall, did you say October? 
Yes, October 1st, man. When the least I grew up in Florida. October. Steve, he's putting you to shame. Don't call yourself a Christmas slappy anymore. No, Marshall. He starts in October. Yeah, Marshall's at, like last in a Krypton status. If if you're skipping past the pumpkin spice to go right to the Rankin Bass, I got I got to tell you right now, Marshall. I got kind of a man crush on you right now, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I I, I mean, dude skipped over right over the pumpkin spice because you know my motto on that: pumpkin spice all the things. Pumpkin spice all the things. And you you don't agree with me on that either. No, but I just love how the 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 part of the Christmas spirit that includes all the 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 day of throwing people under the bus. That that was really nice. I like that. Anything, hey, if my she, wife doesn't want to love, yeah. doesn't want peace on earth and goodwill towards men as much as me, that's her problem, man. Is there anything Screw about her. is there anything about Christmas that you don't like? Anything about Christmas that I don't like? You know what? I, yes, I'll say it right now because I know it's coming. The coming pro- Trump promise. That now that he's president, we can say Merry Christmas again. That I, I can't stand that because that, that the 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 war, the war on Christmas was a real thing, but it hasn't been in like five years. It's just that's a total. It, it's the NFL kneelers, you know, where the NFL there there really was a legitimate debate about kneeling in the NFL, you know, and now it's just a contrived you know political point. There really was a debate, a culture war flashpoint over the war on Christmas, and now it's just a political scam. So you're good with wonderful Christmas time. There are Christmas carols I don't like. Now, now Christmas I, shoes. I, I I don't like as much as I'm a huge Beatles fan. I'm I don't like simply having a wonderful Christmas time at all. But it doesn't offend me. There are a couple songs I'm offended by. All right, Madonna's Santa Baby. No, uh, Wham's Last Christmas, which I used to not mind, but when we had the war on Christmas thing five or six years ago. It was like that was the song that got played on loop in every mall mm. in place of Christmas music. So I used to not mind it when we were kids because it, it came out when we were kids. I didn't mind it in the 80s and 90s. But now it's kind of like a symbol to me of like a Christmas sellout. And so I can't stomach the song now. All right. So Wham's Last Christmas is on the poop list. There's video of you singing that. No. With the MAGA hat on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I need to lay off Steve today. I'm I'm. You told me trolling, we weren't going to talk about that again. Trolling the heck out of you. You promised me what that was going to be. A, you that? promised me that was going to be a one-time thing. If I agreed to do it, you'd never bring it up again. It wouldn't. We would keep oh, that I private. Can't remember that. that Sorry, he promised me. Sorry. Didn't, didn't he? Didn't he promise me that? I think Todd made that talk promise. Christmas. Let's talk Christmas. Let's talk Christmas. So Santa baby. Oh, and I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Those three things. I, I think those are felonies. What about Christmas shoes. Enjoy. I don't mind Christmas shoes. What's your issue with that? It's too emotional. Yeah, well, that's a, okay, you know what? That's an acceptable reason. Like when after when Anna, our firstborn, was born, there there was a song that used to come on the uh, Christian uh, music station called uh, "Butterfly Kisses." Oh. All right, and uh, <laughs> I don't think I've heard this, and I already don't like it. Have I mentioned recently? I just can't stand millennials. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to turn my but, mic off. <laughs> yes. Turn off your station. Yes. Uh, gosh. I've never wanted to watch CNN more in my entire life than I do right now. We talk the most heinous of politics. 
all day long, all week long, all month long, all career long, and I've never heard Aaron more disgusted by something than a song he hasn't ever heard called Butterfly Kisses. It was a really I'm emotional song about a dad, a dad losing his daughter and how he grew, she grew up and stuff. I, I was a wreck. It wrecked me every time. I had to turn it off. I, I can't listen to the song. I can't. It, it wrecks me. Are you familiar with the song? I am. Yeah, it wrecks me. I can't. I can't listen to it. Is that why you don't like Christmas shoes? Mm, no, it doesn't. Or just because uh, you're a wrecks, terrible person? Uh, it's, yes. Okay. Well, now, that we, now, now that we've clarified that, bing, 888-933-93. Let's go back to, let's go to Oregon. AJ is there. AJ, buy, sell, or hold. It's Christmas time right now. What say you? It's Christmas time year round in my house. My wife, let me, let me set the stage for you. I'm a millennial Oregonian who is transplanted from Virginia. Um, but I didn't know this before I married my wife. So, uh, she, she could put the Christmas tree up November 1st. After, I mean, after we got done trick-or-treating this year, she goes, I'm ready to put a tree up. And I go, we just got done trick-or-treating. And she wants to keep the tree up till after the first of the year. AJ, I hate and to I'm cut in. Like, the proper response, AJ, you need to know this because you haven't been married very long as a millennial. The proper response well, when your wife says, years. <laughs> "All right," the proper response when you're then you should have learned this by now. Then, the proper response when your wife says to you on November one, "I'm ready to put the tree up," the proper response is, "You've never looked hotter to me than you do right now." That is the proper response, AJ. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Hey, do you guys now, AJ? You mentioned you like Christmas. Pop- you're a millennial. Yeah, I love you it. mentioned those two things. Yeah. All right. Uh, just out of curiosity, not saying um, you know there's an opening or anything. Are you familiar with any video editing or audio production? <laughs> uh, not just just, uh, just, just throwing that out there. I'm wondering. Spitballing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm Have you not ever as been Iowa. Ever been Iowa, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> what does this button no, do? No, but if you want to pay for a plane ticket, I'm willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, AJ, finish your point. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. Finish what you're going to say. Go ahead. No, no. So, I mean, and it's my wife's entire family. They can, they listen to Michael Buble year-round. And Michael Buble is great. But they only listen to their Christmas music, or his Christmas music, year-round. I mean, it's it's to the point where my kids are just, they talk about Christmas year-round. And, and I just show, I just put a fake smile on and go, yes, honey, yes, honey, yes, honey, whatever you'd like. She, she's... She's already got the decorations out, ready and planning everything where she wants to put them. This this is a great American right here. AJ, you you have at least partially restored my faith in humanity, AJ. Thank you for the call. In fact, thank your wife, actually. It sounds like she's the one uh, to thank for all of that. Todd, have, are you persuaded by uh, AJ and Oregon? That was like some weird speed dating show. Uh, yes. Uh, it's Christmas every day, and I'm a millennial. Um, <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, this show is boomeranging back on you in ways that you did not anticipate. No, I wasn't sure if this was like an eHarmony pairing or a call like, into the show. But I yes, like I helping agree. kids in the Iraq and because um... they don't have maps. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go to Joan in California, which means given where she lives, this could go anywhere right now. Joan, you're on the Steve Day Show, live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Go ahead, Joan. I'm going to have to say, bah humbug. 
We, uh, we are Catholic. We celebrate liturgical year to Christ the King, and then Advent starts. We break out our Advent wreath, and we slowly bring in the, um, the decorations, we, and culminating with the Christmas tree being decorated on Christmas Eve and left up till Epiphany. <laughs> I have never yeah, been I'm, more in favor of California secession than I am oh, right now. I'm so sorry. They took it away from us. I wanted to vote for it. I got it on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryla, so much. I wanted us to secede. <laughs> All right, so the, you, the tree goes up at your house when, Joan? It goes up on the 24th, and then all the kids come over. We, I break out all the Christmas cookies that I've been baking for the last eight weeks because <laughs> I have a big freezer. I have eight children. and I think that's really cool. I think I think that's really cool. But, but, like, you don't listen to any Christmas music, don't do any shopping, nothing until Christmas Eve? Okay, here's my concession. If there's a really good deal on Black on Black Friday, I will ah. venture. Out. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will, but usually not. We have my husband and I have a tradition um, when he the last paycheck before the end of the year, we will go out and we will see what's left and what's still on sale, and then that's when we do the bulk of it. And then we're up till like one thirty at night wrapping presents and putting them all under the tree. And see, I think that's that actually really stuff. cool. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. That is really cool. I, I, you know what? Hate the game, not the player, I always say. That is, you guys have a cool thing going on there, Joan, even though if you do live in the People's Republic of California. Well done. I like it. I know. We're, it made me feel more Christmassy by out. denying. Every year we try to get out. <laughs> I, I, I think that, I do. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. That is a really cool family tradition you guys have. Joan, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, we have time for one more. Quickly, um, let's let's see if we can uh, do that after the break because we right. only got about uh, ninety seconds left here. Okay, so and then we have you want to you've got another list of Christmas oh, buy got, seller holds you oh, want. I've I've got a, a plethora of buy sell holds from our listeners, uh, Christmas related, of course. It was really interesting. Uh, like ten people couldn't. I, I made sure to to make sure that they were that they were Christmas related, but people just kept saying like so and so is going to be impeached by uh, Christmas <laughs> and Mr. Uh, Subliminal it was, Man. It was you are, always, some of you are some sick people, it was, man. It was all like political, but they just like put the word Christmas <laughs> in thought there. They, they thought that was going to slip by you? Yeah. You're that like, was, listen, I may be a millennial that doesn't want to commit to anything, but it doesn't mean I'm an idiot either, yeah, right? Something like that, yeah. All it, right. it probably does. But. So these are not just uh, Jesus comes back by Christmas. No. Uh, th- these are no. like actual things involving. Yeah. Although you can't really get much more Christmas than Christ. But you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, they're, they're pretty good. A lot of them are pretty good. All right. 888-900-3393 is the number. Uh, you can let us know what you think. Steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Live on the Blaze. On demand at CRTV. More in a moment. Back here live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We are playing Buy, Sell, or Hold, as we always do on a Wednesday, but this time we are going to the audience instead, and we're asking you, Buy, Sell, or Hold, it's Christmas time. My position, which is the official show position, since it's my show, is, of course it is. Todd's position, which is his and wrong, is that it is not. 
We are asking you, Aaron, as a millennial, has no position. Really amorphous. Yep. He is seeking. That, that's, that's you guys' active verb, right? You like that when you're seeking. We're just, I'm just, Steve, I just wish you'd lay off me. I'm just trying to find myself right now. And I just think that I just think that things are really going to turn around. But I just need some time to go to Burning Man and find myself. He needs some butterfly. I don't know what kisses, any of that means, but it annoyed me. Yes, what? He needs some butterfly kisses. I think. I think he needs some butterfly uh, kickins. That's kind of <laughs> what I think. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling festive yet? <laughs> yes. All right. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Let's go to Ron in our home state of Iowa. Ron, buy, sell, or hold. It's Christmas time right now. What say you? Um, mine started October 3rd of two years ago, and it hasn't stopped. Um, <laughs> I believe that Jesus, in, his name is Yeshua, has given me some peace and given me things and has helped me. And my Christmas hasn't stopped since October 3rd. And he's given me peace that I cannot believe. I was the prodigal son, and he's, he, he made it. He made it happen. I didn't know who he was, really. But it's been joy, man. I ain't lying. Now that. Amen. Now that's a Amen. testimony right there. Excellent phone call, Ron. God bless you, man. Right. I appreciate it very much. Eighty-eight. No one's going to dare argue with that, right? No, oh, no, no. Okay. Eighty-eight nine hundred. Okay, because I I was going to have to, I was going to have to pull the car over. All right. Eighty-eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three is the number. Eighty-eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Now hold on though, is that a Jesus juke? Did we get Jesus juked, or is that just a dude just oh, legitimately? Boy, I haven't, I haven't fired heard that. Up? I haven't heard that term for a long time. Yeah. For for the for those that don't know. All right, because this is kind of an evangelical, uh, you know, term du jour. Um, you've just been around us long enough, so you know what it is. A Jesus juke is like when your one of your other born again friends kind of feels like they need to come over the top rope on you. You know what I'm saying? They're you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're yeah. like, you're like, oh, you know, I really liked that movie we saw, uh, Wreck It Ralph mm. with the kids, yeah. and they're like, oh, I was going to take my kids to see Wreck It Ralph, but. Uh, you know, we were at the mall handing out Bible tracts uh, all day instead and decided that that was a better use of our time than going to the movies. That, that would be a Jesus joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a Catholic version Is of that. Is there a Catholic oh, version of that? So absolutely. is that just a straight up, cross the board, re- there's a religious version of the person oh, sure. that, that feels like, the, the command. The, remember Colonel McBrag cartoons when we were kids? The dude that's got to come over the top on you. That's kind of what a Jesus joke is. Yeah, my thumb and my forefinger are really sore from saying the rosary all day this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, I got to go to confession because you have a real punchable face right now, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm really tempted. All right, so we don't. We think Ron is just he's on fire right now. That was not a Jesus juke, right? Right. I, I got to go with yeah because I didn't get a snarky smarmy. Mm-hmm. No, no. Nope. All right, that was sincere. I just wanted to clarify. All right, John in Indiana, welcome to the Steve Day Show. John, uh, is it officially Christmas time? Are you buy, selling, or holding on that? Ah. You see, Steve, you're a day late and a dollar short in the collection plate. Biblically, Jesus was born somewhere in the middle of September. 
Yes. Oh snap! Yes. This is now. This smell. This is smell like a Jesus juke. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I know when I'm getting oh, Jesus yeah. juked. And it's right? not a 101 level Jesus juke. Oh, this is was, master's level yes, course. Yes. yes. Okay. Now, I'm impressed though. Friend, but so go ahead. Now that's go ahead. The, first, the first part. And I know they figured that somehow biblically, depending on when his cousin John the Baptist was born. But that's math for a theologian. In the context of our uh, secular Christmas. Uh, pretty much it ain't been right since, uh, you know, the Catholics got paganized and everything's come down to us so far. I mean, I enjoyed it. I used to dress up as Santa Claus for my little niece and all that. But, you know, when they got to the point where they threw Jesus out of Christmas, that all kind of uh, went flat for me. And then they pounded into you year after year with the conspicuous consumption. And, well, basically... They've done to Christmas what AM radio and FM for Top 40 did to Stairway to Heaven. I got to hand it to you. you John, you checked every single box, yeah, brother. That was impressive. Excellent phone call. Thank you very I, much I've for been, listening to I've us. I've been on the planet on a the while place, and on demand been paying attention. TV. <laughs> Back when the Catholics got <laughs> paganized. <laughs> I could take it. <laughs> My favorite part is he followed it up with, I used to enjoy dressing up as Santa Claus until the Catholics got paganized. That was my favorite part. I love oh, that part. That, that reminded me when, when Bill Clinton was president and Rush used to rag on him for going jogging. Oh, sure. And he would jog into McDonald's when he got done. You remember mm-hmm. that? All right. I love that. Back, I, I loved Christmas until the Catholics paganized it. Oh, by the way, I loved dressing up as Santa Claus. I thought that was, that was just so much fun. I loved that. That was great. 888-900-3393. You were skeptical about this topic, but I think you're enjoying it now. Oh, well, once we got the callers going, you were boring me to death, but the callers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Jody in uh, Utah. Jody, welcome. You're live on The Blaze. Go ahead. Steve, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to sell here. It is not Christmas yet. And the way I look at it is, Later in November, yeah, closer to Thanksgiving, but you're skipping a whole step here. It's like you're going straight for the punch and cookies and you've missed supper. You need to be grateful. You need to have a spirit of gratitude, and and you're missing that going straight for the good stuff. I really resent that you think I'm not grateful enough. I just want America to know that. (laughs) I really resent that. But what what could I do to show you my great? What would be what what shows gratitude more than my anxiousness to honor the birth of my Savior? What would be what would what could I do? What what would I do, Jody, in order to pass the Jody test? How would I do that? Well, for for me, it's you you take and you go through it's it's an evolution it's a step it's you're just by bypassing it just take it easy just slow down you don't have to go at 100 miles an hour just enjoy the ride I Steve love loves hearing that Christmas is about that evolution on, I have that on um, my um, iTunes I play it year round I drive people crazy but I take yeah. this step and I take this time to reflect and appreciate and be grateful for everything that I've been blessed with by God in this last year, 
to sure. prepare myself for Christmas. Jody, totally unrelated question. How do you feel about a man saying I love you on the first day? Your thoughts? On a first date? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I kind of thought that might be her answer based on what we just... Uh, when I heard her say, slow down, enjoy the ride, I'm like, this sounds like every girlfriend I had in high school. All right, hey, Jody, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it. She makes a good point, though, and I think that's when people say, enjoy thanks, you know, have Thanksgiving first, is, you know, that whole spirit of gratitude thing, right? Yeah. But I mean... I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to look for. I'm anxious to get, be grateful for the stuff, the presents people buy me. That's why I want to go to. I mean, that's what gratitude means, right? I want to be grateful for the stuff other people buy for me, right? That's what this is about, right? No. Are we at long last? Are we finally getting there? <laughs> no, no. I, I the gift thing. I mean, when you're a kid, there's nothing that beats coming downstairs and seeing the presents under the tree. And then when oh, you're yeah. a parent, there's nothing that beats the kids coming downstairs and seeing the looks on their faces, you know. And my kids are now all at the ages where they're like, uh, "Oh, gift cards are cool," you know. And you're kind of like, "That's when you start thinking about maybe it's time to become a grandparent." We get the little, so you have no, little I ones know. again, you know. Uh, Jennifer in Virginia. Jennifer, welcome to the Steve Day Show. You're live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Buy, sell, or hold. Jennifer, is it Christmas time yet? Uh, no, I have to explain. We live in a blended house religiously. Uh, I grew up, you know, as a regular, you know, contemporary conventional Christian. My, my husband and my younger son still worship there, and I go to church with them. But my older son goes to Hebrew Fellowship Church which is like Messianic Judaism, sort of. And my mm-hmm. son would probably get a shout-out to Ron and that other guy because that's what he believes. Well, they believe that Jesus was born during the Feast of Tabernacles, and they sing the Christmas carols and everything in October. And they don't have a Christmas tree. But I have to make everybody happy. So <laughs> our front lawn has a really big light-up menorah. My husband built it for me to make me happy. And then because I go to that church, too, and I like, you know, I like some of the things I teach, too. So we have a menorah, and we also have Mary and Joseph and Jesus <laughs> in the front yard. We have a Star of David on the door. And so we just... Um, Try to get the best. So you are right now offending more people than anybody in Virginia as we speak, basically, is what you're telling us. Probably. By by taking on the full Judeo-Christian traditions of this time (laughs) of year, you are offending all of your politically correct neighbors. They they know not to knock on your door. You are going to offend them on multiple levels simultaneously. That's what you're telling us. And I'm like, no, we're Gentiles. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, the, the, the neighbors are talking. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. We have fun with it. All right, so do you guys do presents? Do you guys do presents? Uh, my son gets Hanukkah presents. We celebrate Hanukkah, and he gets one every eight, you know, uh, one a day for eight days. And then we have presents with my husband's family on Christmas Eve, and my son gets his presents, the other son, the younger I got to tell you, I I have some admiration for your son. He is, (laughs) he has managed to make this system work so that he gets to enjoy eight crazy nights. Rather exactly. than one glorious morning. Exactly. He has a future as a captain of industry, I believe. The, the, he, I can see him working the system here a little bit. I have some admiration for, uh, for his game right now. Thank you for the call, Jennifer. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, Aiden, can we take one more? Of course, yeah. All right, let's go to Andy in Louisiana. Andy, welcome to the Steve Day Show. You're live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. Is it officially Christmas time yet, Andy? Buy, sell, or hold? What say you? Hard sale hard hard sale and i'll tell you why look me and jesus been tight since june of 1986 when i accepted 
but that does not mean we can do like all of these other millennials and have like three months of birthday celebration. I'm, I live in Louisiana. They're already, Steve, they're already trying to put Santa Claus hats on the alligators. This is ridiculous. Oh, I go awesome. into I, I go into Walmart. Really? Because I'm right thinking of moving there. to Louisiana for literally the first time in my life right now. Go ahead. Well, you can come on and take the rest of them with you. I, I, <laughs> these millennials that the, these millennials that like to like to take their birthday and, and and granted, I'm a couple of years older than a millennial, but I identify as one because we have a lot of the same mindset. But these millennials now that are taking an entire week to celebrate their birthday. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, is this really a thing? He, I've never heard this, Aaron. Is this a thing? Um, it is now, at least for me. <laughs> and, Let me give you, is, if you don't mind, Andy, an alternative buy-seller hold. Internment okay. camp, forcible internment camps for millennials, buy-seller hold. Andy, go. Bye. We're good. I, I wanted to make sure we ended on at least one agreement here. Aaron, <laughs> in, uh, uh, enforced uh, internment camps for millennials, buy-seller hold. Bye. That's why he works here. He'll make the coffee tables. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Andy. We appreciate it. Let's go to Steve in New Hampshire. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve, buy, sell, or hold. Is it Christmas time right now? Or your thoughts on internment camps forcible for, in, for millennials? Your choice. Hi, Steve. Uh, we start celebrating Christmas here in my home in New Hampshire the first week in November. Uh, I, I go by the biblical uh, admonition that one man esteems all days alike, and other man esteems one day above another. And we have complete liberty as believers to celebrate Christ's birth any way we want to. I'd like to celebrate starting November 1st and throw in the 12 days of Christmas after Christmas. I love the whole thing. It's a joyful time of the year. There are some aspects of contemporary Christmas celebration I don't care for, and we we eschew those. But otherwise... Mm -hmm. It's kind of annoying when I hear people calling up and wagging their fingers because some of us want to really celebrate Jesus' birth in yes. earnest for two months rather than for one week. So that's where we're at. And I you don't tell him, Steve. That was the point. Yeah, Steve, that was the point I was trying to make uh, at the beginning. High five, man. Well, wait, what came first, the wagging fingers or the demand uh, that I kneel before Zod? <laughs> Which one? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, again, uh, thank all, you for the call, Steve. It's all about liberty. It's all about liberty. Do I we mean, still have we liberty, not rebellion. And we love the season, so we play it out as long as we can. And again, I think it's kind of silly and petty that people get bent out of shape. Don't if you don't want to celebrate it, uh, November, don't. But leave those of us alone who enjoy it, like we do. Indeed, and, and I would just throw in if they don't want to, they're terrible people. Thank you for the call, Steve. We appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why. Here's the thing. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, we don't go full out. We don't have our tree and stuff up yet. You know, our, we have a tradition. Uh, the tree usually goes up Thanksgiving weekend, usually the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or the day after, uh, depending on how everybody's schedules coordinate, you know. So, I mean, we're not we're not like all in right now. I don't have a problem if somebody is, though, you know. But I don't know why you wouldn't err on the side of being over eager to turn the page to a, one of the last few remaining times of the year that we even treat each other as remotely human around here anymore. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I don't understand. Why wouldn't you be eager to do it? Yeah, Todd. I wasn't going to single you out, but Todd, yeah, I'm talking to you. 
I, you know, well, I think our, our gal before kind of the seasons have a purpose. Uh, Lent makes Easter all the more powerful. Uh, you know, it, it just, it can't, and you, you just got done saying it's, it's not all at once. And, uh, so I, I don't mind different people kind of scratching their itch when they need to scratch it. All things being equal though, uh, I don't, I I don't, I, my concern more is the watering down and the taking for granted. Sure. And when we have some time, we should probably, you know, like what are the traditions we do at our house? Cause we have a, you know, we, we put the, the meaning for the season first and foremost, but Amy and I grew up in secular households growing up and love some of those traditions. So we've melded some of those in. Like for example, our kids have always only gotten three, three gifts on Christmas. Yeah. Because we kind of figured that if three gifts was good enough for the king of the universe, I don't know why our kids, you know, we should sit. And we, and we, this, we, this really got illuminated to us with Anna's first two Christmases when she was an only child, it was way over the top. And the second year she, when she was two, she was so bratty. She was just opening stuff up and throwing it away and then grabbing the next box. Like it was just like mine, mine, mine. So we just said, you know what? We're going to three gifts because that's what Jesus got. And yeah, like now, the, now the grandparents try to cheat, man. They like put multiple boxes in one box, you know, but I let it slide because they're grandparents and they're in the yeah. right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? There's no rules. Yeah. Like I don't, as long as they don't, you know, send them home, you know, sick of junk food. I, I, I kind of am on the side of, that's the point of a grandparent is to spoil those kids rotten, you know, and that, that, that they should, you know, yeah. get to enjoy that. And the kids should have some fun with that as well. Um, uh, we beat our kids for Christmas, you know, because that we want them to identify with the beating that Christ took for them. I'm just making that up. <laughs> oh, the, um, oh. <laughs> Everybody just started listening for the first time in 30 minutes right there. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> the fact you guys did not immediately interrupt me, I think speaks volumes. <laughs> you guys just sat there like... <laughs> just... Merry Christmas. <laughs> the fact <Smash>. you... <laughs> yes. Back in the day when I don't even know if he's on the radio anymore, when, when man Cal Muller used to be on the air and in my pagan days, I loved that show and he would, he'd always have those stupid stunts where people would call up and, you know, and, and callers would react to the offensive thing. The person that was giving the testimony was doing. And I'll, I'll never forget. There was a, a woman that was a voice actress on a show that pretended that her and her husband beat their kids for Christmas so that they, so that they can they can they can truly understand the beating that Jesus took for them. This is the weirdest Christmas show ever. And you know people call up and they're all offended oh. and they're losing it, you know, when the whole thing is clearly Domestic a domestic stick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they only did it once and found out it's not a good idea to beat your kids like that and they never did it again, right? All right, what did we learn here today? Quickly, we have 30 seconds, Todd. Where did you know what? Yeah, actually just what did you learn? What did you learn? What did, 10 I, seconds. You what learn? did I learn? Yeah. Uh, that we have a lot of Catholic listeners. Amen. That's That wasn't the lesson I was hoping you were going to learn. John 3.17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.